Welcome to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one-stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered. With your host, number one international best-selling author and heart-centered sales expert, Connie Whitman. Welcome to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your Heart-Centered Sales Leader, Connie Whitman, and of course, I'm your host. Every week as you turn, tune in to the show, I truly f- hope you feel that this whole thing about sales being that icky, sleazy, manipulative It's the day of it's gone. Okay, we are shifting our paradigm of thinking and we are coming from always a place of love, care and respect. And to help you specifically with that mind shift shift, right, that mindset shift, I want you to go to my website, WhitmanAssos.com and take the free communication style assessment. So it's WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA for communication style assessment. Take it so you can really understand your zone of genius and your superpower, right, when you communicate, leverage that. But I also want you to get the report that it'll be sent to your inbox for your blind spot. And sometimes the blind spots are actually more important important than our superpowers. So please, WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA, and I do hope that helps you with this mindset shift so you start to own your sales greatness and serve your clients on a bigger, better scale. Additionally, if you're enjoying the show, please, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share with your peeps so that we could share some love out there and again, just you know, raise the bar of what we're doing out in the world so that we can shine our greatness um, at a, just a brighter level. So I want to start, as usual, with my motivational quote before I introduce my guest. And the quote is by Marva Collins. And Marva says, if you don't give anything, don't expect anything. Success isn't coming to you. You must come to it. So I start with a question. Would you call yourself a leader who empowers or micromanages a team? And do you even trust your people to do what they need to do? Where is your mindset? So today I'm talking, of course, to an amazing guest who's going to help us shift and play bigger. And my guest is Deborah Kozowski. Now, Deborah is a charismatic host of also a podcast that I was on, uh, the thought-provoking podcast, The Millionaire Woman Show. And that show is committed to enriching the leadership potential of her countless clients, essentially guiding them to go within to capitalize on their true potential personal power so they can archive the measurable, I'm sorry, achieve the measurable success they desire in business and in life. Now, after graduating with a distinction, because she is brilliant, having earned a Bachelor of Science in Nursing, this award-winning, three-time best-selling author, contributor to Forbes Coaching Council, multiple TEDx speakers, yes, multiple, and certified executive coach, um, Deborah spent many years as a clinical manager, excelling in leadership development. Now, before founding Deborah Kozowski International, um, it's a world-class training and consulting venture focused on helping aspiring business owners and solopreneurs develop the winning success habits that transform human potential into sustainable growth. So please help me welcome Deborah to the show. She's amazing. She's awesome. And she is going to shine her light brightly on us to help us on this uh, navigation of change. So welcome to the show, uh, Deb. Oh, thank you for having me, Connie. I know we had so much fun when you were on my show, and I'm just blessed to be here with you. 
Yeah, I love it. And we have such great conversations, guys. And Deb truly is brilliant. And I know all my leaders and solopreneurs, you can learn so much from her messaging and how she approaches um, just the whole mindset game. So let's let's start. You're an expert, right? And and mindset, everybody is always saying mindset is everything. I do believe that. But for the context of the show, can you define what mindset means to you and can you framework it for for um, the work you're doing with your clients? So kind of a two-part question. Sure. So mindset is everything. And, you know, I you know, I work to instill it in my kids, and they're like, mindset's not everything, Mom. And I'm like, uh, yeah, it is. Because when you have your mindset right, everything goes the way you're intending it to. Now, I, I use a lot of Carol Dweck's work, and she is the psychologist who's behind behind the growth and fixed mindset. Often what I see when people are stuck is that they got caught in the fixed piece. There's nothing I can do about it. What, is, what kind of effort can I put behind it? What's the point? I don't want to look bad. So they're getting in their own way by getting caught in the fixedness of their mindset versus having that growth mindset, taking on a challenge and saying, look, here's growth. Here's an opportunity for me to grow. If I fail, it's okay. I can learn from it. Now, people get caught up in failure and thinking it's bad or wrong and mistakes. You know, when we start looking at that life is a journey, whether it be in business, whether it be in leadership, that we are paying attention to where we fell down and what can we do to get back on track, revise what we needed to do, because often all it's doing is redirecting you to the right route. So when I work with my clients, Mindset is everything in the fact that we need to pay attention what's influencing the mind, whether we choose to be in growth or fixed. Now, we have a number of influences. We have external influences. These are the books that we read, the games that we play, you know, the podcasts that we listen to, the news, thinking, you know, that people do not realize, even on the subconscious level, how much their mind is being impacted by paying attention to news, especially negative news, and not filtering out what is influencing their thoughts, how they feel about what's going on in their environment, and then it impacts the actions they take and ultimately the results. So, and when we think about our internal, it's, it could be anything from childhood to faith, to different experiences that you've had, education, these all have framed your framework in your mind. And how you see the world is not how everyone else sees it. So when we look at thinking about mindset is everything, it is about paying attention to what is influencing the thoughts and feelings that drive our actions to really start getting the results that we want. So often I will start with, how do you feel about something? And people are like, what, feeling? It's a soft skill, but it's the most essential skill that we need to understand. Because when I can see how you're feeling about something, I also can tap into what you're thinking. What are What is the thoughts that you have? Because we have 50 to 70,000 thoughts in our mind, majority of those thoughts being negative. And it's whatever yeah. thought you yeah. bring into your awareness that's going to be impacting your day. 
Yeah, they, there's so many things you just said that's just blowing my mind. So I, I want to say it's got to be six or seven years ago, Deb. I stopped watching the news. It was affecting me, my sleep, my my thought process, my feet. Like I felt so heavy in in my heart. It was it was killing me. And I remember saying to my husband, "I'm done. I'm not watching the news." So I said, "Listen, if there's a plane crash or something big is going on, you have to let me know because I'm not watching the news anymore." And I'm not looking on on my my internet. I'm not. I can't. I just can't because it was really affecting me at this deep level. So it's funny because with everything going on with the gas now because of the pipeline thing, he's like, "Do you know what's going on with the gas?" I'm like, "Fill me in, just so I make sure I am. I do know what's going on, right?" So it's a big joke in my house. But he does. He keeps me abreast of really the things I do need um, to do. During the election, all of the media was, it was horrible. To me, it was a horrible thing. I could not, and I, I like to educate myself, but every, even during the debates and everything, it was all BS. Like I thought, why am I watching this? And I wouldn't sleep because I would get so wound up. And then finally I had to tell my older son, you have to stop watching the news because he would go on these tirades of anger. I'm like, look at what it's doing to you. So we don't even realize what is the the media life what you were taught your parents how they talked to you your boss we don't realize the impact it's having on our souls every day so what you're talking about of, of tapping into those feelings we're also afraid to feel and here's I, I believe that the mindset is so critical because when we do feel and we come out the other side that's when you're really making the change and pivoting your whole whole perspective. And the one other thing I wanted to talk about with perspective that I thought was brilliant, and you and I on your show, right, I, I talked about sales, but mindset is an important part of sales because if I think I'm rocking and rolling, right, and with the way I present and I'm the coolest thing ever and I'm not connecting with the perspective of my client in front of me, You've lost the sale, man. You're not even in the starting gate because you haven't connected with the human that's in front of you because you're not aware of your own mindset, let alone being able to park your mindset, your perspective filters to truly understand and step into the person that's in front of you. And that's why I start my show, Deb, with the offer of the free communication style assessment. Because if I can understand that 80% of the time, I'm talking to people that aren't like me, right? That's the idea with the communication style assessment. Then you're not even out of the starting gate. So, but it starts with mindset. I 100% uh, agree with you. So I want everybody to think about that. Mindset's affecting every aspect of your life. Work, home, um, your, your sleep, the whole kit and caboodle, right? Are, are you, do you find things of what I just said? You, you have my synapses firing like crazy over here based on your answer. But do you find any of what I just said real with your clients as well? Absolutely. So most of the news that you consume is the same from day to day. There's nothing really huge that has changed. They're repeating right. and sharing in a different form. And what happens is, is people get caught up in social media wanting to have that dopamine hit because we get new information. All of a sudden we have a commodity. We have something that maybe not, and we can get into a conversation and say, hey, did you know this? Did you know that? So there's a dopamine hit for getting new information. 
But also when we see threats in our environment, that something's going wrong, our mind wants to protect. So little do we know that we're also putting this amygdala hijack, this little small part of our brain that's there for fight or flight, wanting to protect us. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we have these threats that are showing up as negative news, our mind wants to protect us. And this is where we find people getting more argumentative, irritated, frustrated, and they sometimes don't even know why. Well, the why is, is you're being influenced by this negative news on a subconscious level. And it's not until you're like, wow, paying attention to how it's impacting you. I remember when uh, Lady Diana passed away. One of mm -hmm. my girlfriends, she sat in front of the TV, did not move herself probably for a whole 24-hour period and fell asleep on the couch. She was so engrossed in it, couldn't stop crying and emotionally impacted. And I, I thought, wow, that's pretty significant for someone that you're not truly connected to on a daily basis. And I thought, wow, what this news impacting us right and to really start paying attention what we allow into our minds because it does show up I stopped watching television on a regular basis for years now and I figure if it's significant enough there will be a way it will come to me and I don't you'll hear it go search yes. Uh, yes agree agree and you know what's scary news it's not new it's it and it, it here's the other thing who's been raped what fire has killed a child right or, or you know who's been shot it's 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 uh, yes it, listen i'm not saying that none of that is tragic it's horrifying but it's you hear the same thing and especially on the east coast you know i'm on the east coast so new york is you know a 40 minute ferry ride so there's a lot happening in new york it's not always good stuff right you, you got to remove yourself from it because it it really it weighs us down so everybody listening I really hope you heard just what Deborah said. Like, that was such a great example of your friend with Princess Diana. She didn't even know this person. Listen, it was sad. I remember when Princess Diana died. I made sure I watched the news to be informed. But you can't sit in front of the TV for 24 hours. That's it, it's an it, it's an odd emotional response. So for for what you do, I bet you were thinking, hmm, what was that trigger? Because that was a trigger for something, I'm sure. Right. Mm -hmm. We look at those triggers because often it's going to come down to you know something that they valued in them often when we look at people that we admire it's because we see a quality in them that maybe secretly we want for ourselves but here's sure. the thing I'm going to tell you this might be groundbreaking <laughs> or not but when you admire a quality in someone else you spot it you name it it means you've got it and it just might be a quality that you develop it's true, right? That is so true. I love it. Yeah, it's that mirroring, right? That whole mirroring idea that you see in others what you see in yourself. Sometimes we don't like someone because the quality we're seeing reminds us of us. But we don't want to admit it, right? We want to put that as the shadow side of ourselves. Let's bury that piece that I don't like so much. I love it. And then I we love get, it. You get caught in judgment, right? And judgment really gets us caught up and we miss out on opportunities. I'm sure there's been times that you know, the li those of you listening or watching us, when you've gone to a conference, your scope of in the room one reminds you of someone that you may not have liked. Well, you're going to steer clear and move the other direction and you're going to find another seat. And then you look over and you say, oh, my gosh, that person reminds me of this person. Well, little do you know, it could be a business opportunity that you just missed out on because you 
you're looking at the past and yeah. seeing someone else versus a brand new person in front of you. Absolutely. And that we need to shift from what Dr. Mary Lee Adams talks about. Instead of staying in the judger mode, we need to shift into a learner mode saying, okay, what can we learn about this individual? Are they truly the same? They might look the same or have similar qualities, but because it's triggering something for me, seeing them as someone else I may have interacted. You see this when people are getting baby names, right? They're putting together baby names and like, oh, I knew a Joshua. I, I didn't care for him. I don't want my kid to be named that. Or I, I knew a Deborah. And, oh, I, I don't know if I want that name either. Going down this list and thinking, oh, what are the nicknames that people can come up with? And, oh, I remember uh, this person got teased or bullied. And it's just like... It's your filter. It's your own personal filter. So I, I'm curious. When you work right on shifting that mindset with, with your clients, do they have moments where they look at you and think, oh, my goodness... I miss this XYZ opportunity because of exactly what we're talking about. So now they didn't realize they missed the opportunity prior to talking to you. But now when you start digging in a little bit and breaking down those those filters, right, those perspectives, do they exactly. go back and think, I missed that opportunity? Does that happen? Oh, 100 percent, because I often end up sharing this story with them. So years ago, I was going to the premiere of the Opus, a film that kind of trickled after The Secret. And I was invited by a girlfriend and said, okay, Deb, I got tickets to the Opus, let's go. So I'm sitting in the audience and I'm, you know, waiting for the speaker to get ready to go on stage. And I, this woman out of my periphery catches my eye. She's got heels. She's got this silvery vinyl jacket, blonde hair teased out to here, hot pink lipstick. And she's, you know, petite, but you know, prancing around. And I thought, wow, she looks pretty plasticky. Like that was my judgment. My judger came up right away and I thought, wow, plastic. What's going on here? <laughs> and not even minutes later, guess who walks up behind the podium and says, so how many of you were analyzing me? It was done very unintentionally, very skillfully done. And here I was putting my hand up beside me, sloping, sliding down in my chair so she wouldn't make eye contact with me. What I learned when I shifted, because I shifted like this when she caught me, I moved into learner mode and I learned that she was a multi-million dollar business owner and I could have missed that opportunity had she not given me this message. And I swore to myself, it said, okay, be careful when you move into judger because you're going to miss out on these opportunities. And people have shared with me. They're like, you know what? I'm actually married to that person <laughs> that I judged initially or, or I made this much money because I moved out of judgment into learning. Founding out that they connected me to the next business deal or whatnot. So we've got to be very careful when we move into judgment. It's so funny. I remember early on when I was selling insurance, um, you know, I had a, I would go to the people's homes. Right. So 20, we didn't have GPS or any of that stuff. Nobody knew where I was. <clears throat> I could have been killed. Nobody I would have been you know, found years later. But anyway, I went to this um, local town here, fisherman town, very um, not affluent at all. And went I met with this this gentleman, older gentleman. And I'm telling you, I, I think he was eating cat food, Deb. It was the house was a hovel. He had cats. I, I was afraid to sit down. Right. So all of these judgments coming in. 
but I was a nice kid. I'm still, I think, a nice person, right? So he trusted me, which, uh, again, now looking back, right, how how um, honorable is that to have somebody immediately trust you? And he was an older gentleman, so there was there was many major generational gap. But at the end, I provided the information. I was kind and respectful. And he said to me, can I show you something? And I said, sure. And he brought out this box, a shoe box. And I thought, oh my God, what's, is there something dead in this? Like, what's he going to show me? And he opens the top and they were stock certificates. Now at that point, everything was digitized. So these stock certificates, there was, if, if I took them from him, I would have been the owner of the stock certificate. So I could easily have, have ripped this guy off. So, but what I saw was it was like Disney, Exxon. These were our big companies and it was stocks that his grandfather had purchased. So I said to wow. him, I, I explained what they, and he didn't know what they were, right? And he, he had never shown anyone. So I said, all right, you'll never, don't show anyone this again. You need to take, because his house was a hovel. I was, a fear, I was afraid it was going to go on fire. I said, please go to the bank, get a safe deposit box. Don't let anybody see what you're putting in. You need to put these in a secure location. So what I did is I wrote down all of the stock numbers, right? And then I had to go back. Meanwhile, that wasn't my world. I was insurance. But I thought, I have to help this man. He didn't know. What, he was uneducated. Like, he didn't even know what he had. I went back, did all this research, found out, got somebody connected to him, set up the appointment. He physically had to go in again with the stock so that they could digitize them and then make him the owner and all of those things. You know how much he had in stocks? Now, this is back in the 80s, like $1.2 million back in the 80s. And I swear he was eating dog food or cat food. So, you know, here that moment, what a good lesson for me as a kid, right? Learning business. I thought I am never, ever judging anyone. He was a lovely man. But here and again, see, this is where that integrity kicks in. And I and I thought, oh, thank God it was me that came to that. What if it was someone else? They would have they might have taken that from him. Like for me, it was divine intervention that it was me who he scheduled the meeting with. It was me who he trusted for whatever reason to show those documents. So see, I believe in divine intervention. And and by the way, I didn't make any money off of that. He loved me after that and referred so many people because I did right by him. But I often think of that man. I know he's got to be dead now for many years, but I often yeah. think of that story and think, don't judge what's in front of you. Remember that little old man, right, who you, you really did, you know, potentially save his life. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he even had any any beneficiaries but great story about don't judge a book by its cover right and i just want to piggyback on to what you just said connie and for the listeners and viewers to really understand even though you didn't have that um business with him the referrals this is something i think that people forget and you know it's often hit me in the face to remind myself as well is Monetary is not the only resource of currency. That's right. Currency can be in, in relationships that you get connected with who might refer you to someone else. It could be a referral that comes your way. It could be an article that triggers you to move into action or having our discussion like we did earlier, Connie, about all, all these products and services that, oh, Connie's got to add to her business, right? Yes. That's a form of currency, and we don't have to necessarily exchange funds to create wealth. Absolutely. And I think people have to understand, like, you know, running a business, of course, the 
the purpose of it is to serve fully in our gifts Absolutely. and to, from that value, also obtain value so we can live what we want. But that currency can come in the form of time, money, resources, brain power. So to really pay attention, because one of the things that when it comes to coaching, the coach does not come with the agenda. The person who wants to have the coaching has an agenda of where they would like to be led. And based on where they'd like to go, that's where we walk together. And that's where I get into challenging assumptions. Because when we get fixated on something in our minds, I like to challenge assumptions. And I often will tell people, jumping to conclusions is the best form of exercise that people get. And it's not a form of exercise I recommend. It's not like jumping rope, jumping to conclusions can cause you trouble. How many times have you jumped to a conclusion and found out you were absolutely wrong? 100%. Right? So one of the things to challenge some of those thoughts that come up is, is it a universal truth for everyone? No, it's only me who's thinking like that. Well, then there's no validity. Like we have our own reality because of our own perspectives. But to challenge those assumptions and say, is this true for everyone? Is everyone having this experience? Or is it just that inner critic who is, you know, trying to take me down and not get me stuck so I'm not going to take the steps necessary to get the results that I want. Absolutely. So that to me, okay, so that's a limiting belief, right? What you're just talking about that I is yeah. that a universal truth or is that my own crap in my head? So how do we get rid of so that's one way, right? To look at it is a universal truth or is it my own crap in my head? Because Deb, yeah. you know, science has been done that we not only have our own experiences from that 0 to 5, right? That child's perspective that we're carrying forward that probably isn't certain us anymore. But then we also have our ancestral um, perspectives and and limiting or beliefs, maybe not limiting, that serve them. It's transmitted through our DNA now. So we have our own stuff that we have to mind through, but then we have their stuff that we have to mind through. How do you help clients just navigate that? That's huge. Yeah. Well, first of all, we got to pay attention to do what does that voice sound like? Is it it a voice that's gently guiding us when it comes up in silence because often we're so busy that we the chatter is what's cutting us off and that tends to be that inner critic i know people who, who even name their inner critic and say hey Susie, shut it down wow right to command it and you know les brown i was listening to him one time when i was out on a walk and he said you know sometimes you have to stand up in, within yourself and say stop it right because of that inner critic but the inner critic comes often, you know, when you're making a decision. And when you're in action, you don't usually hear the critic, right? So when you move into action, you're creating momentum. And the inner critic does not have time to chat it up and get in your way when you've made a decision and you move into action. It's when you're sitting in indecisiveness, getting caught up in the busyness of life and not allowing yourself to have some downtime to listen for your wisdom. Because each of you have the wisdom within to know what the right decision is. But you need to be able to sit in it and feel the emotions of that. And it will come as a very strong but gentle voice that will say, okay, this is what you need to do. And you will feel it. You, it it's not like, but it, it will come to you. It's often when it's coming from fear that you know it's the inner critic 
because a sound universe God will not speak to you from a place of fear. It will always come in a place of peace. So when that inner critic is chatting it up, ask yourself, what am I afraid of? And often what people are afraid of most is uncertainty, whether or not they're going to be able to handle something or not. It's not the uncertainty itself, but it's the fear of not being able to handle it and show up, which leads to, I have a fear of failing. I have a fear of being embarrassed. I have a fear of not being enough. That's the big one going down layer. Yeah, that's the big one. And and do you find so as you work with your clients? Okay, so first of all, holy crap. You know, when I was on your show, and you had the like mind blow. I just had the mind blow that when you're ready, I love it. So you're going to have to create a T-shirt that says right. But when the when it's the inner critic, it's coming from that fear. So if I'm I'm at a pivot point or a crossroad and that fear is sinking in, I have to know it's my inner critic. It's probably not serving me when the ant, when I quiet my mind, if I understood this, right, the, in, the it's not going to be the inner critic. It's going to be truly divine wisdom, universe, God, source, whatever you want to think it is. It's coming to you from a place of peace and love that that's really the answer. That intuition is where we have to act. Can that be taught, Deb, how to quiet the critic and amplify those moments of that peace and clarity? Absolutely. We've known through research that with neuroscience and neuroplasticity, the brain can be rewired. So it's up to us to think, and I use the analogy in one of my my TED Talks of a wheelbarrow. So when we have a wheelbarrow, and if, you know, I grew up on a farm, for those of you who are familiar with the wheelbarrow, it has the handles and the, you know, pivot point with the basin that carries everything. So if I take this wheelbarrow and I'm going the same path for a long time, it often will form a rut. But in order, and if we, I use this analogy as a metaphor for neuroplasticity and the root in your brain. Love it. So now, if you're wanting to form a new path, you need to keep moving that wheelbarrow and putting the same messaging along that so it can fire faster, creating that new pathways. Because if soon enough, if I go in a different direction long enough, I'm going to form another rut to create that pathway and that that. Um, path but direction of where I want to go so we have an opportunity to rewire the brain creating those new pathways because where you put your focus and attention on that's where the pathway is going to continue to develop and as that path gets formed it's going to move quicker the signals in the brain move quicker and quicker and it's going to divert to the other path so it's really about establishing habits it's, you know, prayer, meditation, going out in nature, giving yourself a time to not be bombarded by the business. Back to those influences. What are you allowing into your influencing your mind yeah. and being able to listen for what it is that you need to do? And, and Deb, there's so much noise, man. There's just so much noise out there that this is, you know, and and. By the way, you just made that sound so lovely and easy to do. And I do know, right, that it's it's it, it is. E- Here's the thing. It's very easy to understand and it really is easy to execute once you have the tools and the map, right, the, the, the map of how to right do that execution to create the new 
pathways in the brain. But what what I heard through all of that brilliance, the, I love the wheel. I'm a visual learner. So the wheelbarrow, I'm literally watching you in a former outfit, you know, pushing the wheelbarrow into like the new new uh, the new frontier. Right. Deb is off in the new frontier. But the uh, thing is, you're talking about control. I can control where I take the wheelbarrow. I can control where I shift my thoughts, right? And you teach your clients those tools to take control, but then know what to do with the control. Did did I understand that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, somebody will say, well, that positive thinking, you know, that's all rose-colored glasses. For some people, it may be. I'm not asking you to be delusional. Correct. But when I ask you to focus on positive and appreciative inquiry the work that I do is if we're looking at what is the best outcome what is the core results what we aspire to be then we're going to start taking actions and feeling and moving and taking actions we need to to get those results when we are focused on who we want to show up as who do we need to be what do I need to do to show up as that person so when it comes to mindset we need to pay attention and break down where are some of those limiting beliefs and are we, and I, and I use the analogy, you might have seen it on one of my posts recently, about a lint brush. Imagine you're walking around with a black sweater. People are saying, oh, you can't do that. Oh, what makes you think you can do that? Um, you know, I've read the stats or I watched the news. Some work. So we're picking up people's lint. We're picking up other people's beliefs. And I tell people, carry your lint brush, your invisible lint brush, and you're going to just wipe it all off. Because Don McGill Ruiz in his Four Agreements, this is most, one of the most powerful, simplest books, Four Agreements, but the second agreement is not to take anything personally. Whether it is positive or negative, it is still someone else's view of the world. Right. right? So we need to understand that even though people are shifting perspectives to wanting to, un- we need to seek to understand to really know what's going on before we make judgments or want to internalize. You don't have to internalize someone else's belief if you don't choose to believe right. it. So that that one was a game changer for me. So when it comes to that wheelbarrow, paying attention, what do you want to put in that wheelbarrow? What do I want on my black sweater? Do, you, do I want to have it full of lint of other people's beliefs? Or am I going to be able to wipe it off and choose what I believe? Because, you know, there's there's that saying that, you know, people will doubt or naysay you, but when you become successful and have been stayed focused on, suddenly they're like wanting to tell everybody how they know you and how they've been associated with you all these years, right? And they never believed what you from beginning until you were able to pr- deliver those results. So stay focused, be careful of what you internalize. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, Deb, this is easier said than done, guys, right? We understand that. But here's here's what I hope you take from the show today. Number one, Deb is brilliant, right? And she just has a, such an easy way of creating those visual where you, the, for me, aha moments, right? The visualization is the aha moments, but that it's possible. You can take control. Change is easier than you think. 
think when you have the map, right? You have the instructions, um, so to speak. Somebody gave me the analogy once and I giggled because it was me. I was in the, in the jar and the directions were on the outside. So I couldn't see it because I was on the inside of the jar. And as soon as someone said that, I go, oh my goodness, yes. And as soon as someone showed me the light, showed me the instructions, it was like, you know, should have had the V8, right? You know, that commercial where they hit their head. It's like, how did I not see it? Because I didn't have that perspective for whatever reason. And as someone, as soon as someone gave me that perspective or taught me to look from that direction, I didn't think to look from that direction, right? We only know what we know. It was like the world was turned upside down for me and everything made sense, right? So that's what we're talking about. And it's, it's really you taking control. So here's the deal. We're out of time, but I'm, I'm going to share with you Deb, Deborah's, um, contact information. If you, if you are in a spot where you think, Oh my goodness, I need Deborah, which I think we all need Deborah, by the way, because we all have crap we're dealing with. Nobody's immune. Deb is even dealing with crap, right? Deb, we're not perfect over here. Deb and I are close. But we're not perfect. <laughs> Please email her if you have any questions. She's just a delight to work with. Um, Deborah and Deborah is D E B R A because I know there's a couple of spellings. So it's Deborah at Deborah Kazowski. Dot com. I will put that in the show notes, although the name Kazowski is exactly how it sounds, is exactly how you spell it. Additionally, please check out her website. Tremendous amount of information there. Um, go to DebraKazowski.com. And if you're not following her, I, I totally get on her email list or follow her on social media because that limp brush, I did read it. It was recently that you posted that. And again, Deb, I read your stuff and I go, oh, I totally understand that and then I walk around the day going limp brush time right because it's something that but but what a great story it's silly right limp brush how silly and lint how silly but the reality is it raised my awareness to to really pinpoint that negativity and and immediately my thought was ah, limp brush time get that limp brush out so again that's the paradigm of shift, right? Of the shifting of the thinking by that one small little post. So please, please follow Deb, email Deb and check out her website, DebraKazowski.com. Deb, thank you so much for being on. I just, I love our conversations. Um, you have an easy way about you. So I so appreciate that. And I know my listeners are going to uh, love, love our show as well. So th- and thank you for all the tips. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Always, always, always. Um, it has been a delight. And just a last word. Yeah. You know, if people are having resistance, pay attention. To, are you aware of what needs to be changed and where is the desire for change? Yeah. Yeah. Control, right? It's you, you really do have more control than you think. So maybe the message, too, is stop giving up control to that old programming, right? And really put yourself actively in the driver's seat again instead of just being like a zombie-like human, you know, going through the motions every day. It's This is, guys, this is tough stuff, but if you start to implement some of these tips that Deb gave us today, you know, really, miracles, that's where miracles happen and the magic happens, I think. But we have to be able to take that first step forward. So, yeah, Deb, thank you so much. Always a, always a pleasure. Um, always so insightful for me, and I always learn something. So thank you for our time today. 
And everyone listening, I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together that becoming the heart-centered sales leader person that you're meant to be, I really do hope my guests and I provide uh, just strategies, tips, tools, and ideas for you to implement immediately. For me, it's all about learning. Yes, important. You have to apply it, though. And Deb alluded to that as well. Take that first step, right? Change your wheelbarrow direction. Apply. When you apply, that's where change happens and that's where those miracles start to happen. So please, please pick one thing and implement, apply to your life. Um, thank you for tuning in to the Heart Centered Sales Leader with me, your Heart Centered Sales Leader and host Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.net. Everyone, I am so honored to have you on this journey with my guests and I. And I really do hope that we inspire you to take action, that application. That's where you're going to start to see results. And I hope the show is that catalyst and my guests and I are the tips and strategies to help you get there. Thanks so much for tuning in every week, guys. And Deb, thanks again for being an awesome guest. You've been listening to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.